0: We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waters where we're recording from, the Waramai and Wanarrua peoples. We acknowledge the Waramai and Wanarrua elders, both past and present. for the Newcastle Knights, Darren Tracy's first touch of the footy, now Andrew John, tights a
1: little hole himself, he's close, he reaches out, that's a try to Andrew John, Bruce streak from the little halfback, and that's a good reward for a great game in his debut match for the
0: Newcastle Knights in first grade, Andrew Johns scores the try and that should wrap it up for the night. Coming to you live from Wateramaya and Warr- lands, this is the Bay 53 podcast, part of the Sports Best Network brought to you by A Plus Contracting and Polyform. As the magic of Magic Round wears off, the Knights welcome the Broncos to McDonald Jones Stadium for Thursday night footy, and as a result, our home game losing streak is now at four. It was a miserable night all round, and what better, better thing to do than to relive every moment of it with a review from your Bay 53 boys, Bretto and the K Dog. Look, um. Uh, Thursday night, mate, was easily one of the worst nights of football I've ever experienced in Newcastle for a variety of reasons.
1: Wow, that's that's quite the call because we've experienced some
0: shitty nights. <laughs> we have. Yeah, we have. No, it was um, the crowd was giving me the shits. The, the the bunker was giving me the shits. And obviously the nights in the end were giving me the shits. That is an unholy trinity of just complete and other dog-shittedly bad um, vibes and uh, awful, just awful, awful night on Thursday.
1: Yeah, it wasn't, I don't know. Thursday night football is such a dumb thing, isn't it? I just, I'll never get why Thursday night football is a thing. They just no need for it.
0: I sort of, there's a part of me that loves the idea of four days of footy, but there's another part of me where I'm like Thursday and Monday night, I'm like, who wants to? Have, who wants to be watching on a school night? You know what I mean? Because because I, I was off work last week, so it didn't make much difference to me. But but you sort of there's no party atmosphere, there's no fun atmosphere. Everybody's sort of sitting there, and then the nights are being rubbish as well. And yeah, it's just a really awkward time to be um to be going to a a rugby
1: league game. Yeah, you know, no one's on the beers because it's it's a school night. You know, people getting there at kickoff, racing home as soon as it's finished. I, yeah, I don't know. I just don't get it. You know, and even on TV, you know, I, 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 would like footy on every day. But Thursday nights, like I come home and I, most Thursday night games, I just sort of, you know, have on in the background while I'm getting ready for the next day. Mm. It's um, yeah, I don't know. It's not. It's not. It's not a thing. But it'll it'll stay around. If anything, we'll get more days probably.
0: Would um do you reckon we'd be looking at it a little bit more glowingly if we weren't coming off the back of a what was it a twenty twenty six point uh, or twenty twenty odd point loss end? Uh, if we weren't coming off the back of a, a significant loss on Thursday night.
1: Oh, I wasn't I was, was enthused for it anyway. You know, like I was, yeah. I don't know. It just Thursday night football does it. The night's playing on Thursday night. Like all that Thursday, oh my god, it's just a waste of a Thursday. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a miserable Friday now because my team's gonna lose. My Friday's gonna suck.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I I think it's safe to say, particularly for anybody who watched our, uh, sorry, who listened to our last episode, that our hopes were uh, relatively uh, high going into this game. Um, I think everything that sort of could go wrong did go wrong from. Um, you know, we didn't finish off our players. Decisions didn't go our way. And once again, major injuries are sort of striking our team. We we really do seem to finish these games as a team that just refuses to be successful.
1: To steal an English football term, we bottled that game. Absolutely oh, 100%. Bottled Absolutely bottled it. Like, we committed the two biggest sins in rugby league. We didn't take our chances, and our kick chase was bloody pathetic.
0: It was shocking in the second half. I've
1: never, I've never, I've never seen a first grade team at that level of kick chase. And the Broncos back, back to like, do their two wingers, you know, big, strong, fast guys, and they'll do some damage. But they were walking through untouched at times on kick returns. Like it's just, I don't know. Like I don't. And and I'm not blaming the coach. I think the you know, as I said many times, I think the coach can coach. But when he can only produce that level of effort out of his players, there's something seriously wrong.
0: Is there something he – what's he doing wrong at half time then? Because we had a relatively good half. you know, No, that's the thing. Of...
1: That's the thing. I think he's doing what a good coach does. I don't think he's the screamer and shout. I don't think he rants and raves. You know, he gives a few tips. He picks out a few issues. You know, they get the, their little videos and go in their little sections in their little uh, position departments and, you know, look at their little clips and that. I think he's doing it all right, but I don't think we're mentally strong enough. That's a, it's as simple as that. We, we we need a coach to drag us by the year load, I'm not even sure that would work. Like this mm. has been a problem with the Knights since day one. Even the golden era, we were really bad before and after half time.
0: Yeah. Like it the two thousand one grand
1: final is an example, mate. You know, how many other teams have nearly given up a twenty four point lead in a grand final? Not many. No. It's just that's that's how this club's always been. Mate, before
0: we sort of um, kick it, kick off uh, into the game in more detail, I want to have a chat or at least I want to have a bit of a um, vent, as it were, about my experience in my beloved Bay 53 on Thursday night. Now, you've been to several uh, games of footy with me. I am not quiet when I go to the footy. I have to be quiet in a lot of aspects of my life. Ah, uh, football is generally the one place where you can go, you can be loud, you can be yourself, and you can really get into it. Now, I think you and you would safely say that we were louder than usual at Magic Round, and everybody was getting amongst it, which can I say I understand when one idiot is just going off and no one else really wants to bar of it, you know sometimes read the room. You don't need to be loud and you don't need to be an idiot just for the sake of it. You know, if no one else is getting into it, sit, step it back, sit back and just let the game do its thing. Now, I've been paying for my seat and my ticket in Bay 53, the same seat I've sat in for, I think, going on. I think this is my eighth season, my eighth season with my cousin We've generally had I've had no issues there before. Oh, people know what to expect from me. I try to do my best b- as consider as I can, but as I said, there's enough aspects in life. If if you want to be quiet, go and sit in a library, or, or you know, or go, or go to a movie theater, or go somewhere else. Don't come to the footy. Now, this was exactly what I said to someone who was giving me the hairy eyeball after about four minutes on uh, Thursday night when I did my classic and hugely hilarious, can I say, he's been doing that all day, ref, send him off after the first penalty in the fourth minute.
1: Classic joke. Classic classic rugby league commentary from you. Classic.
0: And yet you would have thought that I'd, honestly, the way I was looked at, you would have thought that I just um, uh, taunted an opposition player with a racial slur. Like, like and, I, and I, I looked at this person and I said, and I said, you're at the footy. If you don't like this, you need to go somewhere else because this will be going on all night. Anyway, (laughs) someone sitting behind me who doesn't, who is not a regular in our bay, he was getting amongst it. He was being loud and I'm bantering with him and we're having a good old time. Little did I realise, though, that he thought that I was being, uh, that I was taking a shot at him, to which point he says to me, hey, mate, why don't you keep your comments to yourself? You're being offensive. And I looked at him and I said, I haven't said anything that's any better or worse than anything you've said so far. So I've got someone sitting in front of me who doesn't like it being loud. I've got someone sitting behind me who just wants to be loud in isolation. I thought, that's it. I've had enough. I'm going to sit somewhere else. I proceed to go and sit somewhere else, at which point They then start to say to me, hey, you shouldn't be sitting here. I get into an argument, and I've had to go and sit out the back for the rest of the game because I'm tired of it. And I just think to myself, you're at the footy, people. Calm down. Enjoy what's going on in front of you. If someone's not saying something bigoted, sexist, racist, or generally um, offensive in any other way, calm yourself down. Let people enjoy their game. Let people enjoy the 80 minutes and let them enjoy it the way that they want to enjoy it. It was it, – it just I, – I can't help but think if the nights were better, this might not be an issue. I, I absolutely do believe that yeah, – You know that... what the
1: problem is, mate? There is no regular people in those in all those seats anymore because everyone – no, the regulars don't turn up anymore. All those seats, they just give them to family members and people that want to go to the footy. Yeah. Like, like, I seriously sit next to different – around different people every week.
0: Yep,
1: and and I've only been in Bay. This is my third season in Bay Fifty Three, and I remember when I used to sit in the Andrew John stand. Mm. Like I literally could tell you by name everyone that sat within eyesight of me, yeah. and it was the same people every week. It, it doesn't seem to be the case in Bay Fifty Three because they're really good seats. Mm. Now, people are, are keen to get them. I think you know, and, and we can, and obviously in our area we can unsell our tickets and go back to the club if we want, so the club can sell them because they're good, you know, because they're premium seats. And I think that's been the been the case. I think you get people that are uppity pricks that, you know, that buy seats in that bay just for the day and just want to come and think sit like they're watching it on TV.
0: It was, uh, it, it was really dispiriting. I sort of – and, and well, you know, the worst part was there was a, a Broncos fan sitting three rows behind me who was going off for the first 10, 15 minutes and no one was saying a word to him. I'm like, hang on. We've got old mate Johnny come lately. He's sitting there bagging out our team. You're letting him have his free, have a free range of what he wants to say. But little old K Dog, who's been here for eight years now, trying to support the team as best he, I'm the problem. Uh, it was it. It just left the. It just left a really sour taste in my mouth. And I think, and I think for me personally, because I was there with a Broncos fan mate, and he was loving it. <laughs> He was sitting there going, "Well, this is great. The Knights fans are upset. The Broncos are winning."
1: <laughs> you know, I actually, I've actually had this conversation recently with a couple of people that are, oh, they've been members. You know, they were, they had seats in the old grandstand when it was there. Yeah. Um, and actually, and there, and here's a bit of a topic of conversation. And you know, and jump on the socials and let us know what you think. I has the famous McDonald Jones Stadium, Marathon Stadium, Energy Australia Stadium, has the atmosphere gone? It's. It does not feel the same. I think. I think the team, and the the incompetence of the club for so long now has really affected the matchday experience.
0: So I I have. I actually have been thinking about this since since Thursday night. I absolutely one hundred percent agree. I think the last eight going on nine years of ineptitude has finally caught up with the with the with the fans and the club needs to be. They need to be switched on to this because what got us through this the the three consecutive spoons what got us through the tinkler years and what got us uh, what kept us here when Adam O'Brien took over was that they relied on us being a fan base that didn't turn away well mate everybody's got a tipping point everybody has a limit as to how much ineptitude they can handle and and i i'm telling you i i don't really want to go again i can tell you for a fact that my that that thor who was with us on the last episode he messaged me going i need more reasons now to be coming up than just the knights because it's it's no longer worth my effort people don't want to come anymore and the knights can't just be sitting back going no we'll still get our fifteen thousand fans you might not and if you start to take that for granted, you're going to have a bigger problem than... Even um,
1: it's the Broncos. Even on Thursday... go back six, seven years. Even on Thursday night, you know, obviously that didn't exist now, but if Thursday night existed, we play the Broncos any game. If we didn't get 25000 it was a tragedy. Oh, correct. You know? It's... um, I really do have real concerns for, for the club going forward. Um... Yeah, like, cause I catch most weeks, you know, cause I get, I'm up, mate. On my I you know, I get the train most weeks, and I get the little shuttle bus over to Waratah Station, and I tell you now, mate, like, you get on those buses and people, and it, it, I remember back in the day, you know, when I used to catch the bus on walls, end of the footy, I'd get the bus home, and even the nights had been beaten, been flogged, whatever, everyone was still happy. You know, they'd been at the footy all day, we yeah. loved the nights, blah blah blah. But now but you get on the bus and all you hear is, fuck this, I can't do this anymore, you know? <laughs> and, it's serious. and I'm not talking about, you know, like I'm talking about, you know, old guy go- old guys, you know, guys in their seventies and eighties, just going, This is bullshit. These guys do not care. Mm. The you first know, time like,
0: the first time I really started to experience that sort of uh, mindset sitting was uh, obviously two thousand and five, when we when we lost the first thirteen games of the season. But but the thing was is that we only did that for one season, you know like yeah. we we were playing finals again the next year, and then obviously two thousand and seven happened. But we weren't we weren't wallowing in the bottom three places year after year or the bottom five places. You know the club, the the club needs to stop taking the fans for granted in terms of just assuming they'll keep showing up because you know if anybody associated with the club is listening, I can tell you, that's not a given anymore. we no, We no. genuinely need to talk ourselves into, you know, a mindset where we want, I want to go to the next game because of where I sit right now, I don't want to go again. It was just such a miserable experience. The team is shit to watch. The fans around me are unhappy to be there with. And obviously, when you're looking at those two things, you start looking, well, what else is happening with the game day experience? Nothing. And the food is expensive and it's mid strength. Uh, it's it, it, Thursday. The whole, March, the
1: whole day's gone to shit, but like, it, it's, not, it's not a day out anymore. No. You know, like there's, there's bugger all on the field before and after at half time. It's just all a talk fest with crap that no one's interested in. <laughs> it's just... Love you, Glenn Hawke. But, you know, I'd like to see a bit less of you and to see a bit more, you know, a bit more entertainment on the field. We um, love you,
0: Glenn, but I'm I'm with Breto on this one.
1: But I just... I don't know, mate. Like, I really... I, I really do think that this club has completely lost its way from top to bottom. It's... um Yeah, like... We we've got, we, we've lost a generation. There's no doubt about that. Like my kids, because of their my kids, you know, I drive dragged them to the football since they could walk, mm. and they're at the point now where they you know they just don't want to go. They have no interest in it. They're like, why are we going to go, Dad? You know, we're going to get beat by fifty. It's a long day out. By the time you get in, do your day, you know, get home. But mm. like they're just to kind of have interest in it. My
0: um my my other half's kids uh, have zero interest in going to the game. Her youngest maybe might go if there's an offer of churros, and I think that's more of an A-league yeah, thing. Yeah,
1: that's right. right. But, it might go to the ice cream, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so her her middle daughter is just full-on with soccer at the moment, just cannot get enough of soccer. She she loves the Jets. She's got a season pass for the Jets. Um, That's where her interest lies. And the second I Those say run out
1: When is it the Jets? Sorry. Those renowned
0: winners, the Jets. Yeah, no, exa-
1: exactly. <laughs> but, but this is the thing. As
0: soon as I say to her, well, do you want to come to a, a, a Knights game during the the Jets offseason? No. No, just no interest. And I, I get that at that age, you know, I prefer soccer over the league. But it's just uh, there's there's nothing there that the Knights are doing to entice New people yeah. that want to come. Nothing. Like, there's nothing I can say to a 14 or a 15 year old who has no interest in league. Well, why don't you come for this? Because there's nothing, there's nothing about the experience anymore that, that, that
1: interests them. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely zero, mate. It's, um, it's really, it's really gone downhill really fast. Like, even to the point now where they're not even open concession stands and uh, bars and stuff. So, you know, you're getting 13 or 14,000, still have to line up for a heap because half the stuff's not open. Yeah, it's um yeah. The the whole match day experience on the field it's it's abysmal, and off the field it, it doesn't make you feel any better.
0: Newcastle are the premiers, mate. Let's uh look let us have a let's have a think about the footy. Oh, I, that's know... you, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I um now I know the Knights were the first game for the weekend, but I do like to let's 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 just get the um. The other games out of the way as quickly as we as we can. We'll do a very brief um, around the grounds, mate. I, I actually didn't get a chance to watch much of the the Friday night
1: games, and we're, we're, I didn't watch we're... a second of the, I didn't watch a second of Tigers Bulldogs because I've actually have got something to do in my life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> been a pain to
1: watch those two teams by rugby.
0: Um, but hey, look, I, I, you know,
1: Tigers got up for a fairly
0: convincing win in the end, and I know that there were concerns that. You know, they were going to be the victims of the the Bulldogs bounce-back game.
1: Yeah, the Bulldogs had a lot of guys out with this um, bad flu strain, but...
0: Yeah, but they, but, um, but look, yeah. that's, that's a game, no disrespect to the Tigers, but that, yeah, I, I can very much understand why their fans were concerned that was a game that they might lose, because historically that's a game that they would lose. So credit to them for getting the two points uh, on the board in the end. Um, you can only beat what's in front of you. I mean, the Knights can't even do that at the moment. So, um,
1: and you know, they Can pull, I just they've... ask one question? Yeah. So when Canterbury played Canberra, Canberra were 14th. They played the Knights when the Knights were 16th. They played the Tigers when the Tigers were 15th. They mm. lost all three. Has that ever happened, you reckon? No. So they've played three teams in a row all in the bottom three at the time? Yeah. that's them all. I don't reckon that would have ever happened.
0: The Bulldogs are bad. They, they, look, they're very bad at the moment. And look, you and I, we've got a bit of an agenda going on in the background, which you know me, I'm very, I'm reluctant to give too much uh, air to. Well, I might give it a couple more games before we sort of give um, a bit more of a, a highlight, a bit more of a rundown of that. But um, the, do- the dogs are, are a dreadful rugby team at the moment. And uh, I, I feel a lot of sympathy for um, for their fans because a lot of what they're witnessing at the moment, I mean, it's obviously quite similar to what we're putting up with this season, but certainly some of our, some of the night's worst seasons past, um, mate, that, that, that is a hard footy team to to follow. And I thought it was a bit rich of um, Phil Gould to be coming out post um, Trent Barrett saying, well, we're going to be losing more and people need to accept that fact. And I was like, Hey, we didn't. We we were silly enough to uh, to have that fed to us when Nathan Brown was that's, telling us that's
1: 2018 nights. Yeah, when, when you when you've cleared your cap, you've done all your recruiting, yeah. and it's still going to shit. And oh no no no, we knew this was still going to be bad. No no no, no you, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> it's it's absolutely 2018 nights. That that sort of shit.
0: So um, yeah, well, I guess watch this space. And you know, obviously, the next coaching appointment by the Bulldogs is going to be a, a, a crucial one for. I'll say one you know, thing
1: about Canterbury, but I think Canterbury done the same thing we've done. What we were just talking about in that, Canterbury were the club that they were the toughest team in the comp. You know, even when they had poor sides, they would just beat you to death. Yeah, correct. And as soon as they had, it, as as they had any semblance of talent, they would be, you know, they'd be a top fourteen because they're Canterbury. Yeah. Like they've actually they've actually destroyed their entire club culture now to the point where. They're the biggest losers in the comp. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like any Canterbury junior, would die for that jersey. And I honestly couldn't tell you one Canterbury junior I'd buy at the moment.
0: No, I'm I'm very much with you there. So um, anyway, watch this space. Like I said, we'll um will we'll fill you in on agendas as they come to hand. Um, but yeah, I just I want to give I want to give a little bit more air to this one before we really make a bigger deal about it. Um. The eels got a two-point win over the Sea Eagles, and again, I didn't really see too much of the um, of the game itself. But uh, from the commentary that uh, that ensued, uh, the referees have, oh, the referee, sorry, has not um, showered themselves in much glory. Um, eels lucky, and in a lot of ways, official assisted to get this um, to get the win on Friday night.
1: Yeah, they they got they got uh, massaged back into the game. They got every call cool game, game. Um, I think I wouldn't say Parramatta didn't, didn't deserve the win. I think Parramatta on balance of play were probably the better team, but they were struggling to get over the line at the end there, and they just kept getting penalty after penalty sin bins, and it's just yeah, I um yeah I, I can understand why Manly fans are dirty, and then Turbo getting injured just tops it off, doesn't it?
0: So, obviously, the turbo injury is probably the biggest thing to come out of the game. Uh, shoulder dislocation. Yeah. Um, and a bad one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't look good. I mean, I, I there was one report I sort of saw. They said the rest of his season is in question, which is a huge call at this early stage. Um, but, obviously, you know, he's he's in. He's now unlikely to play Origin 1. Um is Stephen Crichton and Katoni Stags not only going to get called up for those blues centre jerseys, but are they going to get the job done for New South Wales?
1: Oh, you know what? Stephen Crichton will, and Katoni Stags shouldn't be picked because he's been outstanding Katoni Stags. But to me, he just Catoni Stags just screams of a player that will wilt in origin. So and every time the blowtorch get, get got put to it at the Broncos, you know, previously, he'd just go missing, wouldn't he?
0: So I had this conversation with my mate with my Broncos um, mate on Thursday. And it sort of looked like I was, you know, a bit sour grapes at the time because he was sort of pointing out, look, he's a big game player. He he does make those big plays and, um, you know, he, he he is a weapon. And for me with Katani Staggs, I, I just get the feeling there's a lot of the James Roberts with a Broncos jersey on about him. Like he's yeah. he's yeah. he is very hit and miss, and when he hits, I mean, it's so. great. But he just goes missing too often,
1: yeah. He's and a, that's
0: where the concern is in Origin. James
1: Roberts is the perfect analogy. He's yeah, exactly. James Roberts, and you know, and you, you forget because obviously we were really close to getting him. In fact, we, we pretty much had him signed, sealed, delivered, and then circumstances changed. And then remember at the start of this year, after about a month, we were like, oh my god, we dodged a bullet there. Mm. You know, and, and two months later, and you, and you'd give your right arm for him, but that's Tony Stags. He has these runs. And um, I always go out to Supercoach, but he, he, it's like that for him and Supercoach. Like, he'll have runs where he'll go for a couple of months where he'll be outstanding, but then he'll barely score for two months. Yeah. So that's, well, you know, I never pick him for that because he's just a height and color player. And to me, those guys never succeed in Origin.
0: I'm just having a look at Katani's night. I mean, what you say is spot on. So, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll jump into the night's game in a bit more t- He had a great game on Thursday night. I, like he was he pe- gave us a bath. That's yeah. It. And I think if he wanted to give an extra incentive, I mean, Nathan Cleary will obviously be the one who's kicking uh, for the Blues come origin time. But if you needed an extra incentive, I mean, he kicked five, five from six and he didn't have many easy conversions on, on Thursday night. So he sort of has that in his arsenal as well in terms of being a good backup kicker if you if you yeah, need him out. of
1: toe, apparently. You know, he's very, <laughs> he's very good at the toe sucks. So, you know, that's always always a positive for the camp.
0: Thursday night, um, if you look, the worst part about Thursday night was that the Knights played really well <laughs> for that first 40 minutes. Like, it, 98% of what they did for that first half was really, really good. You know, they were getting over the advantage line. Um, they weren't making too many errors. They were putting themselves in great areas to um, to score points. They, they just weren't scoring enough of them. I, I think in that first half we probably left about oh maybe ten to t- ten to fourteen points. Well,
1: out it was too the- directly. Fitzy drops the ball over the line when he should have scored, and Gaggs got the ball over the line. There's, there's, you know, there's two tries straight up there. Plus three or four other chances where Milf put a good kick in and we had the chase shot to bits and, you know, we either didn't gather cleanly or the bounce didn't favour us. I think we left 20 points on the field in that first half.
0: So the, tie, the, the, the Tyson no try, I mean, it wasn't, a, it was never a, a try. I think they uh, I, think they sent it up to the bunker more to see if they'd gotten the decision play on correct. Yeah. Um. But see, even that pissed me off, because I, and you know, a Knights fan is like an elephant, we never forget. Mate, I specifically remember Edric Lee nailing, and I'm talking nailing a Panthers player, back in I think round three of the 2020 season, after the Panthers player had taken possession of the ball, he bumped it forward, the ball was in mid-air, Eddie's nailed him, and we got penalised for tackling a player without the ball, and I just... And I don't know if they've actively changed the rulings since that sort of time. I don't know if there's something they've done where they said, no, we're doing a different interpretation. Once again, we're on the other end of that, and the decision goes the other way. So I was I was
1: actually ropeable about that. The Edric call on. was just wrong. Because the rule yeah. always been that once they touch it, they're out there, fair game. Yeah. So... The Edric call was just wrong.
0: So um, shout out to the officials for managing to get that call um, right in time for it to uh, to go against us. I guess I, I guess the big – well, no, we'll, we'll, look, we'll start on the positive. Um, Anthony Milford came out firing on uh, Thursday night, and I thought he had a great half. I actually thought he had a generally good game for
1: us. Yeah, no, he, he was good all night. He's, his first half was great. second half was solid. Yeah, no, he was mm. good all night. The, the only one little thing about Milford, that I don't know, and he's always been a bit like this. He was very kick-happy. A couple of times there, you know, we could have just gone through the hands and he wanted to kick. But other than that, I thought he was really solid. Um, he set up that try for
0: Tyson, uh, Frizzell. You know, Lockie Fitzgibbon stuffed up his um, lines. Mate, I want to and talk about... Can I just say
1: about the Lockie Fitzgibbon one? Yeah. that That's the problem. Lockie Fitzgibbon is literally in his team because that's his play. Yeah. And that's we, we'll, we'll run... We'll, we'll waste 10 tackles throughout the night to set that one play up. So when we do that one play, you have to capitalise. You know, that's that's what frustrates me about this team. We we go to that place so often, it never works. And then the one time it does, we friggin' drop it over the line. Yeah. And it's just it's so bad. It's just bad, simple football. Yeah.
0: And it costs you down the stretch because the the inability for us to convert those points put more pressure on us in the end because the Broncos were just happy that they were still in it. And once you sort of leave that opening for your opponent, you know, with a team like the Broncos at the moment, the way they're going – They'll be more than happy to take it now. I, I want to talk about the Billy Walters try as well. Um, did the officials get that one right in terms of Ezra Mann being tackled or not? I mean, they essentially ruled that despite him being on the ground for all intents and purposes, because his ball carrying arm never touched the ground, he was he was able to pass off his back.
1: See, so that's that no. In, the, in terms of the rules, that's no try. He's on the ground, he's tackled. But they've mm. been allowing that for a while now, that if your arm doesn't get the ground, it doesn't matter how well you tackle, if your arm doesn't hit the ground it's play on, which is not the rule. The rule is if your momentum stopped and you're on the ground with someone having hold of you, you're tackled.
0: Yeah.
1: But uh, they've, been, they've been having this stupid thing, yeah, for a while, while now, where if your arm's not touching the ground but you're not tackled, well, sorry, but you are. Again, again it's a case of... Um
0: a uh, Knights fan like an elephant. I remember Trent Barrett doing the exact same thing to the Knights in the last round of 2002 and um, yeah again it was another case where they all went against us yeah. and, uh, and it was called play on so um, at least they've got some consistency there but um, yeah from my mind that was that was tackled all day and I just, I just thought, you know, hopefully this isn't indicative of the type of night that it's going to be. But alas, it was. I guess the bigger one, the, 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 there were two real big contentious talking points um, from Thursday night, one of which seems to be universally agreed on. The, the, this one, though, with Dane Gagai, I'm not so sure what the general consensus is. I mean, I think... The, the the Dane try is one of the reasons Andrew Johns, and he does say it too often, but it's one of the reasons he says the game isn't played in slow motion. Yeah. Like, you watch that. Like, he never lost the ball. Like, you, you, you had to look at every single frame of that replay in order to determine whether or not he lost the ball. And then once you found the frame that sort of indicated that he might have, you sort of – you're now working against yourself to find, well, can we justify saying that he probably got it back, which – if you play it in regular motion, he he never loses that ball. But, no, try disallowed because he's deemed to have lost the ball in attempting to ground it. He never regained possession of it, which I still maintain he got possession back of that ball.
1: But that's, that's the thing, but he, 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 you're right. He got his arm back on the ball. But they have, for some reason, they rule that that unless you literally – Grab the ball again and get a full grip on it. You haven't regathered, so that that's always considered a drop. And the way they interpret that, that's a no, that's no try. But in reality, that is a try because all he did was adjust his hand so he could get the leverage, get the ball down. He never mm. actually ever let go of the ball. He just he just mm. sort of like the ball turned in his hand as he turned his wrist. And Warren Smith had said on the Fox commentary when I was watching the replay there that basically what he did was he moved his thumb, so he get his, so he'd get his thumb on top of the ball to be able to force it down. And mm. that was what they deemed as, as losing control. And you know, it, it's no try. Like it's no try with the way they they rule it, but the way they rule it is wrong. That's that's just a flat out try. Yeah. Um.
0: Uh, it, it it really did top off a fairly frustrating half. Um, at the end of the day, because both teams go in. I think it was I think it was six all at halftime. Um, yeah, six all at halftime. The Knights. We left a lot of points out on the field against the Bulldogs as well. And I was sort of saying to the mumbler at halftime, look, we did this last week, but we still managed a way to find the points that we needed to still get the win. And you sort of hoped that defensively we'd stay strong enough to keep them out and at least put some more points on. No, that that. That, that second half was um, was dreadful. And as you said, mate, one of the biggest issues to come out of it was really our kick chase was just a tr- – it was so bad, so
1: we – We were making really good yardage down the field and we were kicking for the corner. And the kick game was really good. Milf was really nailing those kicks to the corner. It was going great. And then we dead set forget about the kick chase. and Before we knew it, it was tackle one on halfway again.
0: Mm. Jordan
1: Ricky scores. Um, we sort of come back though, Kalen. Soft you know, try, Adam Clune. What were you doing, Sunshine? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, my goodness, Jordan Ricky couldn't run between me and you. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like I, I was actually one of
0: the reasons I didn't think the Broncos would be too worried about losing for feeder was I, I sort of thought the potential that Jordan Ricky had shown would be more than enough to compensate for it. Now it turns out I got that one horribly wrong. He's he is a he is a, b- a below average um footballer that's sort of being um kept in the team for his good looks you have to think um but this is a guy who rarely performs and yet he comes up and plays against the knights well grab me a try like that's the frustrating that is always the frustrating thing about the knights is that we will find a way to play to play players back into some semblance of good form
1: yeah but that's because we're we're soft like, guys will come up, like, guys that are out of form will come up against us and go, today's the day. If I just run hard today, someone's going to miss a tackle and I'm going to get a try. And that, that happens every week. Like, Aiden Tolman carves us up every time <laughs> we play them because he just knows today, this is, this is every year, when I play the Knights, I'm getting off the nudie run. <laughs> he marks it in his fucking calendar. Well, like if Coach, I don't, I don't know whether I you know, unattractive naked, but... Your coaches don't want to see him naked. Just don't let him play against the Knights. He'll never score.
0: <laughs> um, can I ask you, mate, did you get excited when KP scored? I thought it was a great try. And I thought that was some of the football that sort of, for a moment, where they, they showed us, well, we are still capable of good footy. We do have one of the best players in the comp. And uh, I thought Kalen, um That's Exactly how KP should be utilised. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, it, it was such a simple play, and Croaks, we we know Croaks has got lovely hands, but it was such a simple play. And it was on KP, hitting a million miles an hour, Croakes in with a soft, lovely little soft pass. And we play, we throw that pass over a little bit, but they generally fire it back at KP where he can't catch it. It was just a soft, <laughs> lovely little passing traffic by Croaks because he got great hands. And KP straight through, straight around the fullback. Like, it just, but that's, but that's the thing. We're so dumb. Like, and then we, we do that play, we score it easily. We don't ever go back to it. Mm. Like I don't I, I'll never, never, never understand how we get our attack so wrong so consistently because that play was so simple and it was available all night. Their forwards are slow. You know as long as you as long as you pick up a painthouse in the defensive line, no one else in their middle is covering you. yeah like that plays on all the time. yep. And we just, yeah, it was, so, it was so simple and so lovely. And it just, we can't, we just can't make it work. And it, it, yeah, it just destroys
0: me. So, mate, it was 14 to 12 with 15 minutes to go. We're right in this game. Do you think the no obstruction call was the turning point in the game? Or were we already of a mindset by that stage to pack it in, whether that happened or not? Because it was a pretty like that is an obstruction call. that were re- regardless of what because we've had a lot of people say, no, he passed it before he ran before. And look, with all due respect to anybody who disagrees with us, all we're saying is that is an obstruction call that has been called every single time it's happened up until Thursday night. Re- regardless of whether you think they've gotten it wrong before, consistently that is an obstruction call in, in every other game where they've decided to call it up until this first game, this Thursday night game in round eleven.
1: Righto, strap in. Let's go. Let's break this down.
0: Oh, I'm getting my popcorn.
1: <laughs> so, there's two. Th- what the video ref said where he passed it before he'd gone behind the player, which if that actually happened and there was no contact from the defender on the, on the, um, no contact from the attacker on the defender, that's fine. You throw that pass behind the player all the time, no worries. So, if that actually happened, fair enough. Now, what did actually happen was that, a, he wasn't. He didn't pass it before he went behind him. He was literally behind him when he passed it because on the angle from behind, you can't see Adam Clune be, mm. because you can see the guy with the ball. You can see the decoy in front of him because he's twice his size, and you can't see Adam Clune. You know why you can't see Adam Clune because the decoy runner is making contact with the defender, mm. which automatically makes it a, a shepherd. And even if he, even if he was twenty meters inside him and passed it twenty meters on the other side of him. Yeah. It's still an obstruction because the D-Queen made contact with the defender. Yeah, that's point blank the rule. You know, you can't the dekeen cannot contact the defender unless the defender drags himself in and makes the contact. Adam Clune comes straight forward. Jordan Ricky went straight the other way, and they ran into each other. I don't care anything about passing, running, where you, where the receiver was. I don't care. All of that is irrelevant. He made contact with the defender, so the defender couldn't slide out, which meant the next guy had to come in, which meant the the hole opened up.
0: Now that and that is a huge like that is a, a huge turning point in the game because it's the sixty seventh minute. The games the game it's fourteen twelve. Both teams are right in it. So instead of the knights having a penalty for obstruction and kicking up the field to be on the attack. We're now eight points behind. Oh, no,
1: that, that wasn't kicking range. Right. It was going to be 14-all.
0: So instead, That's we're long. now kicking the ball back with an eight-point deficit, and yeah. we're now chasing the game, whereupon Corey Oates scores. And, of course, we've now seen post-game or in hindsight that Tyson Gamble in the lead-up play to scoring the try.
1: It was a knock-on. A knock-on for your life.
0: He, and, and, he dragged again, along the ground. Anytime a player drags the ball back into their position in a motion where the ball they drag the ball along the ground towards the score line that they're trying to score on, that's deemed a knock-on. It, it it doesn't matter whether they've got proper control over it or not. The referees again, again, until Friday night, that was one of the few things we saw thought we had consistency on. They've decided that they're not going to even review that now because it's just a given that they assumed that he's got that, that he's done that in a manner where he hasn't managed to knock it on and so 12 points later we're sort of in a position where well we were you we were down by 2 we as you said we might have been tying the game up and and looking to to win the get the lead ourselves but instead now we're two net two tries behind games effectively over and and that's all happened in the space of 5 minutes
1: and and we're not mentally strong enough to cope with that we are not mentally strong enough to cope with that. Like, it's, you know, you know what really frustrates me with this, with this team? Most teams in that that situation would fire the fuck up. But most, and the Knights of old, you would do it. And any team worth their salt would go, tonight, it's not our night. We've seen the video rest destroyed us three times tonight. It's not our night. But you know what's going to happen? Brisbane. I get on that flight tonight, and they're going to be bloody sore because I'm going to kill the next bloke with the football. Yeah, and they and we just didn't want to be involved anymore. Like, have a go, you big. Oh, I'm not going to say it. Have a go. There's fourteen thousand people there on their Thursday night, just wanting to see some football, and you idiots, you soft idiots. Cannot put in ten minutes of effort at the end of the game. There, to at least send your fans home with a bit of you know, a bit of love in their heart for you. Mm. Like every time we walk away, and you say like you don't want to go, you don't feel like going to the next game. That's because all your memories are of that of, of four tries in thirteen minutes. That's, you can't remember all the good stuff we did because four tries in thirteen minutes is what sticks in your mind. Mm. Like it, we've been watching this absolute garbage. For 15 years now. When will it end? It won't. It just we I seriously, I I have no doubt. We could recruit 10 origin players and it would still ha- happen.
0: If you if you were to get the New South Wales origin team and put Knights jerseys on them in round eleven against the Broncos, I think you'd still have the same
1: problem. Oh, no doubt. There is no doubt, mate. There is absolutely no doubt. Like I don't like – people always say, you know, how we, we recruit these guys and they come to the Knights for retirement. No, when we recruit most of those guys, they're generally in pretty reasonable form. It's the Knights jersey that makes them ready for retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden Guerra was an origin player when he came to us. Within, within six months, he was lucky. We were lucky playing reserve guard at the Roosters. It's the jersey, mate. Like it's the, that cl- The club is just rotten. There is no backbone in that club at all. And the way he won more coach, player, administrator, whatever, so oh, we need to be tough like the town, I will seriously throw a brick through my TV. Yeah.
0: It's, it's wearing thin. I had a of... wore thin in
1: 2017. <laughs> I got, like, my, the love of my life was for 12, day, 12 days a year, was going to sit at Donald Jones Stadium and watch our football team. I hate it at the moment. Absolutely hate it.
0: Oh, it's definitely become a chore. Like, it's something I'm doing out of obligation as opposed to anticipation these days.
1: Like, I, I, I honestly wonder sometimes, if, I, you know, if I hadn't forked out so much money for memberships, would I actually go?
0: Oh, absolutely. So if, I, if, I one of
1: the, if I had one of the cheap memberships where it cost me 100 bucks a year, I, I don't think I'd be going.
0: Yeah, no, I, I absolutely would not be going. It, it would, um, because, and I mean, I sort of pointed out, you know, because we sit in the platinum seats and, you know, we, we don't, we, we, we're not high flyers ourselves, but, you know, we like to give ourselves some, you know, little pleasantries of life, one, one of which is we want to sit as close as we can to the action. And I like the Western the western Grandstand because you're guaranteed to be out of the sun. I wish they'd called that one the Andrew John stand, so I could say I sit in, that, in the Andrew John stand there. But um, that's, that's why I pay for those seats because I want to watch the team that I love in the best possible position that I can. And at the moment, they've really got me questioning, what, what am I wasting my money on?
1: I always think, like, with my memberships and you know, just going to the match each year. I reckon, you know, I'm probably somewhere with up to fifteen hundred bucks. Like, that's a nice little family trip away. Yes. And I always wonder whether I'm doing my family a disservice because I'm not enjoying it. Like, I'm basically handing these guys money to bash me around the head twelve times a year. <laughs> like, uh, like, and. Everyone who will listen to this pod knows we're pretty positive, you know. We were t- we will say in top four at the start of the year, we're positive Knights fans and we're at our breaking point. Like I don't know I don't know how we go forward. I really don't.
0: So uh, we're three to, uh, Herbie Farnworth scores an intercept try at the end. I mean, I am not gonna be too critical of Anthony Milford. I, I love the fact that he was oh, still he's going. A
1: he's just yeah.
0: A yeah. And that's actually one of those plays. And again, I'm on a bit of a Ben Darwin trip at the moment, but that was reminiscent of what Ben was saying about opposition, about teams, uh, to our players playing against their, their old team. Yeah. You know, it was the Bell's yeah, Herbie,
1: Herbie knew it was coming.
0: Herbie, exactly. Herbie knew it was coming. So yeah. uh, 36 to 12 at the end. Yeah. Um, it, whether it's 30 whether it's 36 it doesn't it was a it was a capitulation there wasn't really much positive to take out of the game uh, one of the biggest negatives to come out of it was the horrific horrific injury to Bradman best and i thought mate looking at the footage of that afterwards i thought he had, i thought he held himself together pretty well if if that had been me i hate to think how i would have been because you can see you yeah. can see his forearm bone yeah. Sticking out in the in, at the joint, sticking out in the wrong direction. Hor- horrific, horrific injury there. Have, have we had a, any update on that from the club? No, no. I had yeah. a look
1: just before we come on. No, still nothing.
0: So we're, uh, we we
1: send our our best wishes out to Bradman as well. We're sort of we're a big fans. And fan same with Turbo too, you know, not, much of what we don't like mainly is no one to see good players get injured. I love Turbo. I was, I was
0: I've, I've actually been mildly disappointed at how poor he's been this year because yeah. I know he's he's yeah. better than that. Yeah. And I think the game as a, as a whole, the league as a whole suffers that we're not seeing the best turbo that we know that we can watch. He was the whole lot of
1: rugby league last year. He was the absolute whole lot of the yeah. game last year. 100%. I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of rugby league or the NRL, you'll love Big T's T's. Unique, affordable, and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's tees.
0: Yeah, look. I don't. Obviously, the two aren't connected, but um, there is talk this weekend that the the club is into Herbie Farnworth. Uh, good. I, th- I think that is think that is an outstanding acquisition. I think he's the form centre in the... I think it's funny that he's not Australian because I think if he was, everybody would be actually talking about how good he is at the moment. Yeah. because he can't play yeah. origin, they're all, yeah. all the attention is focused on Katoni Stagg. Herbie Farnworth is the form centre in the competition at the moment. But yeah. Like yeah. He's, he's having a tremendous season.
1: Yeah, no, it's... Um, we won't get him. Don't, I don't think we'll get him. Because, you know, he's been coming to Brisbane since he was 14. He's,
0: mm. he's
1: going to fly his... At any school holidays to train with the Broncos genius. Yeah, um, I think he'll stay at Brisbane. But like that's the sort of guy we should be chasing. Hmm. You know, we've we've got two we've got two good centers, but we need a third. Like you know, Bradman's been a bit down on form. You know, you've got the option of putting gags on the wing. Thing, has guy, he's a guy that we should be chasing. Like the Hetherington stuff is, baffles me. Like I know that he's from Valentine and he's oh right fuck off, fuck
0: off, Jack Heather. What?
1: We just got rid of Mitchell Barnett. Why would you replace him with someone worse? Like someone yeah, that's right. That's like all, things, against- all the things that you can criticise Mitch Barnett for, his penalties and his temper and that sort of stuff, he offsets because he's quite good at what he actually does well. Jack Hetherington doesn't do anything well. No. <laughs> so I, look, To
0: be fair, the Knights night, the getting Jack Hetherington rumour has been around for 18 months. So I'm hoping that that's just another case of that. I
1: just hope it's, it's, the, it's the link that always everyone from Newcastle, you know, the Knights are always chasing. I just hope it's one of those.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I sort of – look, I, I made the mistake of um, putting out the post-match tweet to, to Knights fans uh, on Thursday night. You know, what are your thoughts on the game? Look, they're not good. Um <laughs> Vittori at A Cool 84 typical another injury defense still soft and some dodgy calls i mean look I, the result is the result there are a lot of things that we could we needed to do better and i mean even even if you factor in that um that uh, cobo try off the no obstruction call at 20 to 12 down we should have been hungry. What, what's frustrating about the Corey Oates try is that the Broncos were hungrier than us to get to loose balls, yeah, yeah. the loose ball. We should have been hungrier. We yeah, were the like, ones chasing it. We shouldn't have had to rely on Toast Tyson Gamble knocking on because we should have been so hungry to win that game to be getting
1: back into it. We should have been getting the ball before him. Which is exactly what I said. Like, you know, once the call goes against Jar. You should be just so angry, like you're just putting on the line. of that. the next set was just soft. They walked up the field and scored. Yeah, you know. So, and the thing is, but if we if we'd gone up to twenty to twelve, we would have shut up shop. Credit the Broncos; they kept trying to score. You know, they didn't go. Oh, we're up, we're up by eight now. You know, we'll just play conservative football. They played really adventurous football the next set. Having said
0: all of that, though, I, I do like my. So I think this is our, our Instagram mate, but he's on Twitter as well. Michael Skien uh, at Mick Skien. We weren't allowed to win three decisions that were blatantly wrong. The gag I try, the obstruction, and the tap on call. I'm not a ref bagger, but the bunker denied us opportunities to win. Now look before before this goes any further. You, one of the one of the the one of the really good fans that you and I we we put a lot of respect in this opinion, um, Harvey at Harvey Harvey G. Um, I just I want to I want to take you through a bit of a thread of his that he sort of a back and forth that he had. Um, he said, "Bad if officiating decides games in this league." on a level only surpassed by the English Premier League. He says that's what it drove me away from watching soccer and I'm on the verge of my interest being killed in my favorite sport too. It just makes it hard to take seriously. He said I'm still shaking my head. Like it's not like basketball, we've got that constant block charge gray area to deal with and sometimes it's really hard to get it right. That is literally a black and white thing that they flipped on totally arbitrarily and it happens way too ever, too often.
1: And I guess and yet, Ennisley came out and said, oh, that was a 50-50 call.
0: And, yeah, and it's not. Like, it, it's, it's just not, it's not, it's not. a 50-50 yeah, it's, call.
1: Not in five years has that been a 50-50 call. But this is
0: this is, this is is actually a point of here. This is the point he makes that I really want to – this is what I'm leading to where he says, the score doesn't blow out like that if multiple tries aren't ruled on incorrectly in high leverage moments of the game. He said, I'm not interested in what happened after the refs made it impossible for one side to win. So – Look, I think a combination of a, a and, mentally. And
1: he, and I'll just say now, he's not afraid to call us out if we suck. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> mate, Harvey
0: is—he uh, will lay—he will absolutely lay the boot into this team, you know, harder than even Bretto and I do. So we we, we love you, Harvey G. But th- that is actually the crux of this for me is that the 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 bunker. The, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say—the bunker needs to be correct more often than not, because they need to know the the gravity or at least the, 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 the impact that they are likely to have, regardless of whether they get it right or wrong, but whatever decision they do make is going to have that big impact. And it's actually that final point from Harvey there about the fact the score doesn't blow out if multiple tries are ruled on, aren't ruled on incorrectly. And that's actually the crux of this matter. I'm not saying that we win, if those decisions go differently, I'm saying it's not going to be that result if the decisions are called correctly. And if they're called correctly, I'd still be curious to know how the game was going to go in the end. That That's essentially what I'm
1: trying to, what I'm trying to say. I think, you know, honestly, I think that whole second half is different if the Gags one gets awarded a try. If we go to 12, 6 at half time. I think we're going to win the
0: game. 100%. 100%.
1: And not that I don't think Brisbane are good, because I think they are. I just think that, you know, one thing that this team has been in the recent years is they can grind out a win from in front. Mm. Uh, Dom at Dom and Terry on Twitter said, a crucial 12-point
0: uh, swing worsened by non-existent kick chase defence or defence as a whole for that matter. And right on cue, we give up with 10 to go and concede three late tries. And that and look, not, uh, and again, like like Dom's right. Like regardless of what I've just sort of said then, it, it all does impact on itself. But... It's not like Thursday was a one-off. What what Dom said is that that is he said right on cue. we tend ten to go. We yeah, crumble. Yeah. We concede three late tries, and the game's effectively over. So
1: the, the moment this team gets kicked in the guts, they they crumble. That's yeah. just that's just how it is.
0: So the the reaction on the whole has sort of seemed to be <laughs> Knights fans going. We accept that we're mentally weak. We're annoyed that the bunker. Uh, gave the team an opp- opportunity to um, show that off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'll,
1: I'll say one thing. To you, okay, so to put it this way: so the twenty um, fourteen Knights, we all know that season, the Alex disaster. You know, we're coming off a prelim final. It just it was a sh- shocking season. But we had the, the we had the great Melbourne win. The great, you know, Kurt from the sideline, blah blah blah. Now yeah. this team is better on paper. Is better than that team. Do you think there is a hope in holy hell that this team would ever have a win like that? No, absolutely not. Zero. No. Zero chance. If Melbourne had gone eight in front with with a few minutes to go against us, against this team, we would have got beat by 16 or 18.
0: Yes, I agree with that.
1: I just, yeah. I think that just sums it up. This team has just got the softest underbelly I've ever seen. Where does... And I mean, where did it come from?
0: And I mean, you and I sort of generally try to keep away from the usual. Oh, you know, they they, they spend too much time on social media. Ah, oh, you know, full time footballers—they need a full time job. They all,
1: but all—that's all players, not just the correct. Novice. Yeah, no, correct. So
0: what? What is it? And and we've asked this question before, but let's ask it again. Is it? Is it Newcastle? Is is there something we're putting in the water? Do we do we make the you know? Does the crowd make it too friendly it's for? Not, it's not it? Because not hard can enough. I can it's I just quickly say
1: to be a success in this town or at this club? Yeah, because the other
0: thing as well is I I do think in a lot of ways the crowd, as as great and as vocal as we are, we sort of pump that energy into the ground to feed our players, but we don't intimidate oppositions. We create as much atmosphere as we can. And I do and sometimes... Teams wonder, play well
1: here for a reason. That's because it's always a good atmosphere.
0: And I sometimes wonder if opposition fa- players are like, hey, this is this is great. This is a great
1: atmosphere to be a pu Yeah, let's get amongst it. And they lift as well. <laughs> See, I'll, I'll, I'll go on a tangent. Here. I'm a Liverpool fan. And yeah. Liverpool fans always complain about how when teams come to Anfield, they lift. The Anfield atmosphere lifts them, but they go to the Etihad. And because it's like a, a mortuary, yeah. they don't lift. It's actually the the anfield atmosphere is actually a problem for liverpool in that sense. Like they they'll just terms go to the Etihad and play man city, and they will just be you know lulled to sleep because there's no atmosphere. Man city pass the ball around, and the opposition can't get into the game. Whereas liverpool, <laughs> they come out. You'll never walk alone being sung, the crowd's up for it. You know immediately they're on the ball, and liverpool still win most games because they're liverpool. But they're always better games than any man city games. I don't know. I just I think. I just, I don't know. I
0: don't, I don't know the answers for this team anymore. I just, I don't know what to, what a realistic expectation of them is anymore. Well, I,
1: I, I, I just watched our Reggies win 27 20 against George and they played really well in attack. Yeah. But once again, there that, that was a team full of genuine first grade players. Like, yeah. you know, we probably had eight or nine guys in that team that have played first grade this year, yep. including our first choice half, Jake Clifford.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, so I did want to quickly ask you about Jake. How did he go in his sort of.
1: Yeah. Looked like Jacob Old. He, he set up three tries for cross-field kicks. He bombed, his bombs were given the fullback. And it was um, Tyrell Sloan that fullback, so a first-grade fullback. He Absolutely. was given fits with his with his kicks. His kickoffs were swirling in the air. He looked back. Whether they rush him back this week or give him this week, and then obviously we got the buy the week after, mm-hmm. maybe they do that. But he'll definitely be back in first grade pretty soon. But, yeah, I'll go back to my point. Like, And we still allow soft tries. Like, so George got out to an early lead – through some soft tries. And we come mm. back and won the game because we had too many good players for them, but mm. it's 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 through the whole club. Mate,
0: there's, there's going to be some – well, not hard decisions, but certainly there's going to be some changes in this team uh, for – and we play the Warriors next week. So, mate, g- gird your loins for the um, for the, uh, disrespect of um, – Losing to to that to a Nathan Brown coach side, and can I just quickly say, so we're recording during the uh, Dragons Warriors game. right hey, this has been a good game, back and forth. Dragons up with by by four points with fifteen minutes to go, but um, yeah, Warriors are holding their own. So hey, they could touch us. I think, us up I think next that's week. more
1: of an indictment on the Dragons, but <laughs> but at but the same token, like the Warriors are specialists next week. Go ahead and put your mortgage on the Warriors next week. They'll win. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. There's no sure bet in the world that the Warriors win next week. And we would normally say
0: gamble responsibly. You'd be gambling, no, gambling no. irresponsibly knocked to back them. In. Sell, sell your
1: sell your grandmother if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> but my, uh, my 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 kids they're taking their bikes down to cash converters at the moment. Like hmm. yeah, the Warriors are the specials of all time next week. Um,
0: Bradman best is obviously out, so presumably an Ari e. Tuwala comes comes back in. And he was a late scratching, so he'll probably have a bit of a point to prove. Um, Milford Clifford for the Warriors, would you would you go for it? I mean at this I would, stage- I
1: would, but I don't I don't know I don't know the, the off field stuff. I don't know whether Adzie and Clifford have had a conversation Maybe yeah. be back after the bye. Maybe they have. But if Clifford's ready to go, he's got, got to be straight back in and you know, and Milford Clifford is the is the combination we should be we should be using going forward. Yeah, um, I just uh, I never want to see Phoenix crossing in first grade again. Well, well, we'll we'll get to him. I want to work my way down
0: the down right. the the player list. Um, presumably, Chris Randall's Chris the Chad Randall has still got another week le- left in him. I mean, I did hear whispers about round twelve, and we discussed this last time. But I think I think after the way we played on Thursday, you'd sort of be pushing a lot of shit up a fairly big hill if you were saying to. Um, Jade Braley Brayley at this stage. Can you come in and save our season before the bye and um, take on a physical warriors side? He
1: spent a lot of time on the bench to Chad this week. That I think uh, uh, makes me wonder whether as he's had enough of it, yeah. he might just start the game and sit on the bench, which is pretty much what he did this week. Come back with eight minutes to go. Yeah, um, yeah. I I think that yeah, um, it'll be yeah. The chat will be starting, but I think yeah, Phoenix probably play most of the game at Hooker.
0: So. Um, the back, I mean, the front row. David Clemmer um, and Dan Sofedi. I thought they had good, relatively good games. I actually didn't think our forwards did too much wrong no, on Thursday no,
1: night. No, I thought the pack played pretty pretty well.
0: Yeah, uh, Mitchell Barnett. Look, the only the only thing I will say about Mitch is that I actually am glad we were defensively inept with him in the team because, as I said, our three best defensive. Efforts this year have been here, so I'm glad he's not the linchpin. Yeah, um, Phoenix Crossland, he's got to be finished. He's got to be done. He, he's he too slow. He does. That, yeah, well, he doesn't Corey offer James enough. He
1: didn't, he didn't get the best bounce for that Corey Hodge try, but he looked like he looked like he was stuck in quicksand.
0: Yes, he just he didn't looked like he was playing with the urgency of a first grader. He looked like he was – he looked like he was – it was his first game. And I very rarely say that because that's such an overused term where you start to sound like you're just having a go. But, yeah, he looked confused in the in-goal as to
1: how he should sort of be reacting. And I'm like, this deep into your career, you should know – you should be but, – but, going- but that's the thing, Carlo. Like, they're not – if you're not confident in your ability in first grade, your mind's working too fast. Yeah. So the great players and guys that are comfortable in first grade, they just operate on their normal level and they think clearly. Mm. If you're not confident and comfortable in your position in first grade, you're th- trying to think of a million things at once and you end up doing nothing. And that's exactly what Phoenix happened in that play. He was trying his guts out to get that football, yeah. but he just kept running around it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I think he'll play this week because you, you know, so we need him in hooker, but I hope we, we never see him in first grade again after after is back. Why not, bring, why not bring Tex Hoy back? I mean, why not So of bring chuck it? Why is Luke Huth not getting a game? Yeah. Luke Huth played a full game at Hooker today in reserve grade. Yep. Why don't, well, he, he, he was that gun, young hooker, and I know he's had some health issues and that, but give him a crack. What have we got to lose? You might as well see what the kid's got. Yeah. Um, and especially if Brails is not ready to be playing 80 yet, you don't want to risk him. Play Brails for 50 and Huth for 30.
0: I thought um I thought Dan Gago had a really great um, game on return. He ran for one hundred and sixty eight meters. I mean, the funny thing is about this is that statistically it it like the team individually doesn't read that bad. Because if that it makes... was
1: a kick chase. Yeah. We got, that was every good we had so many good sets of six we rolled down the field, kicked it perfectly, and then they were back on halfway and tackle one because of the kick chase.
0: yeah. And that sort of explains just very quickly, if I can. um, Forty-six missed tackles. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's where those come from. You run
1: back to Sherbie; you'd run that far on the game. (laughs) Um. I mean, we'll
0: probably discuss this more during the um, during the buy round. We we want to get um, someone in to have a chat with us about um, you know where the, where the team is is at during its halfway point. But I think I'm it's the, fair- the tip. Well, I'm just, I was just going to say, I think it's it's fairly safe to say that you and I have probably probably both uh, reassessed. Have they re- broken us? Mate, I feel like this is the episode where they've actually broken us. Um, no, I was definitely broken after the Eels game. I mean, the, uh, the see, Brian, the,
1: we could put that down to you know we're playing good teams, but with, uh, the Eels, Melbourne, yeah, you know, they're good teams. No,
0: nah, I mean, a, nah, a
1: lot of injuries. We we're playing, you know, nobody's in after positions.
0: No, nah, and I'll tell you because I'll tell you why I was broken after is two two points. No, just two penalty points. That was why I was broken after that game. We could have, like, if if we'd lost that game you know, 39 to 10 or 39 to 16 or even 39 to six, the fact that that team, that team who should be able to score points at home, regardless of how many they put on the fact that we could only muster one penalty goal. And at the beginning of the game, no, I was, I was broken by the, the Melbourne game. They were just dancing on my grave by the, by the week after, but it was the Eels game that broke me this season. Cause I was like, you, you can't, Score two point, two penalty points, and expect um, expect to be winning much for the rest of the season. That was that was the one that broke me.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Magic Round revitalised me, and I've just been breaking again. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely got an
0: adrenaline shot after the um, after the after Magic Round. You are listening to the Bay Fifty Three podcast. Uh, look I don't think there's too much more that we can really say um, about Thursday night we're sort of and, um, I hope people are still listening by this stage. I mean, if they if if this pod is anything like the Thursday night game is, most pro- people probably switched off after fifteen minutes, and I don't blame them. So we do thank the uh, the dozen or so people who are left over who are still listening to us at this stage. You're I mean, sick, sick individuals, very sick, very sick. they're, uh, they're, they're probably mostly fans from um, other uh, from opposition teams waiting
1: to see, if, oh, yeah, yeah, if, if we, if we say of so- our audience is hatelessness, we know. That. <laughs> They also they'd they never listen, but they do. We know we, they do. And we love you all for it. Oh, a little absolutely, absolutely. Welcome, welcome aboard.
0: Welcome aboard. Look, I'll I'll ask, but are we sort of beyond the stage now where we're hoping for a win? What what are you hoping from this team against the Warriors? What what do you think is the bare minimum expectation we should have of to the, not get embarrassed? Yeah. Uh, if we could score two tries and not concede fifty, I'd I'd be I'd be pretty happy. If we
1: walk that. out of there at twenty eight twelve, I'll be happy. Hey, can I ask you something very quickly before we
0: do finish up? I do want to have a quick chat with you about Bradman Best because we sort of did indicate it before and it's hard to sort of look at someone form objectively, you know, given the horrific injury that he did suffer. He definitely is still playing like a player without confidence at the moment but the statistics say he was having a great game up until
1: Yeah, he was playing playing well. Yeah, yeah, up until he got injured. His defence was still a a bit iffy but no, he was playing well with the ball. So we're sort of um there is the there is the one big positive but Carlo let's not dismiss it. We have the big NROW signings. Well, that's
0: the thing. Yeah, no, sorry, we've almost omitted to um and we did plan to discuss that um, in our when we prepared for this. That's that's an that's amazing news. That is just that's astonishing news because I think someone pointed out to us, and it might, I think it might have been Harvey G. This this would be like if um, Tao Malolo and uh, Darren Lockyer um, just upped and said we're going to go and play for the Knights at, at, at the same time. This is a huge get for, the, for our NRLW team.
1: This is the best forward in the world by streets. Millie's the best forward by absolute kilometres. And the most exciting... Back in the competition it's very yeah. argue, it's arguable because there's so many good fullbacks in the NRLW but she's the she's the most exciting to make it up and she's the one that if you're going to start a franchise you would sign her first yeah. and then those two I, honestly if you said to me you're going to start an NRLW franchise tomorrow who are you signing they would be the two your, en- your engine room leader and your and your flashy uh, fullback and look, I, I don't want to do Millie the disservice
0: of talking about what this, the impact this may or may not have on uh, the men's night's team. the 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 simple fact of the matter is, is that that front row with Millie and
1: Caitlin is a formidable, formidable. Oh, that 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 that's that's as good a front row as has been assembled in the game, in history. Like you've got Millie, who's the best, as I said, the best forward in the world. You've got Caitlin, who's probably the best young forward in the world. Mm. Now, this is Webki Sivanesiva type. You know and I guess for
0: me because the word I'm hearing as well is that Romy Titzel is still um she'll she'll be in red and blue uh for for this season ice upcoming she might be playing six so the word that the word that I'm hearing is that Romy's not going anywhere she's yeah, I she's staying full back sex.
1: yeah I suspect that, and I, or it all could be the other way around because and has got a lot of a really good ball pass. But to me, her running game is too dangerous from the back to, to move mover. Yep, I really suspect Rome might be playing six. Yeah, and I think I think the way that she sort of played in that first season for us, I think that might be a bit more ideal for her. Oh, because she can. She, that's the thing. She can really beat a defender one on one. You can get her in a bit of space. You know, on a smaller five eight, she can she can cause some absolute havoc. Yes, very much so. And you know, and she doesn't have to be the the pure ball player anymore like she was. She was the only ball player really in that women's team at times this year. But with you know, Tamika and that, and some other good recruiting, hopefully that she that pressure won't be on her. Mm. Um, wow, I'm I, I'm just I'm just stunned. Like it's it's unbelievable. And and In Barry to his column today, saying you know like people were saying it was the money, and it was pretty much what the Broncos were offering. But Tamika particularly was blown away by the Knights' facilities, the Center of excellence. And the coaching that they took her through, you know how the coaches could improve a game, and she was really excited by it. Mm. And 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 she and Millie's her best mate. They they've lived together quite a bit. And she and she said, you know, hopefully I can bring Millie too. And the night jumped on that bandwagon and grabbed them both.
0: Yeah. Uh, apparently she was um, she was doing the tour of the facility. Um... On the day of the KP press conference, so
1: yeah, right. That was, okay. um, that was one of the. Oh, I rumors. see what you're saying, mate. You were there and didn't get the scoop for us. Yeah,
0: I I, saw, I actually because when when I heard this, I said I've got no doubt I saw her that day, and I had no idea what was going on. Um, <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> uh, but yeah, look, it's uh, it's a great. Um, it's look, as critical as we are of the club, and we've spent a solid hour being critical. I mean. Sometimes the club manages to do things like that where you sort of think to yourself, well, it's good to see that they're, they're still, you know do you know what I mean? Like they're still thinking about
1: trying to do things moving forward. Credit to, to West, they're all in on the NRLW team. Yeah. And yeah. I'll, I'll put it this way. So Penrith got offered a team basically and Penrith said, oh, we don't think it's a good financial investment and didn't want one. And now, Penrith, in terms of league, like their league's club holdings, are five times the size of West. Yeah,
0: right.
1: but they, you know, they because it wouldn't make them money, they want to bar it. Well, West are putting everything they've got into this team, and credit to them, they, they're more about growing the game and especially the women's game than they are about making money, which is something I never thought I'd think about West, but that's clearly the case.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it sort of makes sense, particularly for a Newcastle rugby league club. Like, they sort of know – I mean, sorry, so I guess what I'm trying to say is for someone like Penrith, that makes sense because they're probably in such a sort of financial position where they're like, look, we'll, we'll get on board eventually. At this stage, no, this, th- now this doesn't form part of our plans. Whereas you look, like someone, look at someone like the Knights and given the opportunity, they may have looked and go, well, this might be – this might be the the last opportunity we get. We we need to take this yeah. now. We can and, do and,
1: it. and then they would see that as an opportunity to really be good quickly. Yeah, if, if you do it right. Yeah. So. Um, and and coming into this season, we'd have to be you know right up there with the Premiership favourites.
0: Well, look, let's not you and I talk up the NRLW team too much because that has worked.
1: That has not oh, exactly mate, worked. I'm I'm all in. I can't wait until round two when they're all missing.
0: <laughs> well, I think I think I said to you when I said, "Wow, Tamika Upton and uh, Millie Boyle—that's going to be even worse when they're out with injury after." You no, know the, like... you know, the worst thing
1: is, but there's a yeah. World Cup after the season, so we're going to destroy the Dillaroos chances once they get season-ending injuries. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take the Knights and the Jillaroos down in one season. That's how good uh, we are.
0: I've always maintained the Knights are the biggest club in rugby league, but not necessarily (laughs) for the reasons that you would
1: want them to be. What about the TV ratings on on Thursday? Greatest since round one. I know that people are going to say it was the Broncos, but no, mate, what a massive club we are.
0: Everybody loves – everybody wants a piece of the Knights. I don't think anybody knew the Broncos were playing, to be honest. I think they just saw Knights Thursday night. They're like, I'm putting this on because they know anything can happen. Yeah. Oh, can I (laughs) – um, you and I sort of did uh, talk a bit during the last episode in terms of um, you can't lose on Joey's birthday, like, and you just can't. And unfortunately, we did. Um, but I want to, I want to have a bit of a chat about Joey. I had an opportunity. I caught up with Statue Guy um, recently, and he was telling me, How he? he said, he said, look, he said, um, he, was, he was getting a bit down. He won't, he'll be honest with you, with me. He said you're starting to get a bit down about the statue. It's sort of felt like it had sort of hit a bit of a, just, a, 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 it had stalled. It's sort of, nothing was really happening and, but he was feeling really upbeat about it. He said he had a couple of um, sort of uh, emails back and forth and he'd had a bit of an opportunity to speak with the people involved and um, he, he was feeling really good about it. He was sort of, you know, there's obviously a lot going on external to, to whether or not the SCG are going to, they're going to build a statue of Andrew Johns, and that is one piece and an obviously a much larger puzzle. Um, but he said uh, he, he said to me, "No, no, no it, it's it, it's definitely still on track. So if 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 there's anybody who's um, concerned that it's sort of uh, it's not happening, it's definitely still happening, and it's just it's just one of those things where our stadium's owned by the, yeah, the by yeah. the government, and you've got you've got to do your thing, and yeah, all good yeah, things
1: yeah. are worth taking your time on." Yeah. yeah, and that's right. That's, and that's what people forget. People forget that the state government now own the stadium since they rebuilt it. Mm. So, yeah, to get anything done there means you've got to go right through the, all levels of bureaucracy.
0: One of the things that I was sort of talking the Statue Guy about, though, was because we obviously all love Andrew Johns. and it, um...
1: But no one loves you as much as Statue Guy.
0: Well, I just it, it it still amazes me how many people take time out of their day. Cause we did a post on Thursday, happy birthday to the greatest player of all time. Now we're Knights fans and Andrew John's played for us. Of course we're gonna say that he's the, we think he's the greatest player that ever played the game. And the number it of people the number of people that crawl out from under their rocks or just seen daylight for the first time in a decade to go, Oh, oh wasn't Apache on Cameron Smith I'm like fucking really? Have you got nothing better to do with your – why don't you celebrate one of the greats? Who gives a shit if we think he's better than Jonathan Thurston? Just take a chance to celebrate this guy's birthday. And he
1: is. is. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the only argument I will ever buy is Cameron Smith, and I don't agree, but I'll I'll buy that argument because, you know, what Cameron Smith did and even Joey says it. But Jonathan Thurston, please. (laughs) Please. The Cowboys used to miss the finals more than they made it. (laughs) <laughs> they made a grand final without him. <laughs> the Knights couldn't beat Sir George under fourteens without Andrew Johns.
0: But I, I, I must admit, like, you know, Joey's birthday sort of um it's uh, it was obviously a bit of sweet sweet day with the way the team played on the night. But anytime you get like as a Knights fan, particularly as a Knights fan, okay, not necessarily all rugby league fans, but I just He's, he's still the greatest rugby league player I've ever seen play with my own eyes. And I, and I think I've said this before, but that period from about 2000 to 2002, 99% of, st- of the things he did on a rugby field, like a rugby league field was, was perfect. Like it wasn't just good. It wasn't even just great. It was, it was, it was all, it was almost like watching rugby league perfection. And I, and I think for me Thursday, it was just such a great opportunity to remember those days, to remember some of the games that he played and, and, and I think that's why I sort of, um, you know, with Statue Guy and with his, with his project is, you know, this is a guy, a- Andrew Johns is a guy who at the moment, if he sneezes too hard, he'll be a quadriplegic because he's next fucked And I've got no doubt he's got CTE from just the brutality that he experienced as a targeted player. You know, he did all of that for Newcastle. And I know, and I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, he got paid very well to do it. He did get paid very well to do it. But you know what? he would have been paid a lot more to do it elsewhere. And he, he probably wouldn't have been as damaged as he was. So, you know, I, I just, I, I thought, you know, Joey's birthday was a great opportunity for fans of the game, but particularly fans of the Newcastle Knights, to just remember him and appreciate him and appreciate his greatness and appreciate what he did for us. And, um, yeah, I, I, I do hope Statue guys, uh, Statue gets up sooner rather than later because it'll be, it'll be a great landmark. It'll be a good, yeah. it'll be a great thing to go and visit at the stadium.
1: My, my argument always is when people try to make the Joe's not the greatest, tell me one other player who would put the two performances he put together in the Broncos' comeback game and his comeback origin game. There is not a player that's ever played the game that after long layoffs under that pressure could produce those two performances. Yeah. Like you forget how long he'd been out of the game for before they both those games, and one under the pressure of Origin, and the other under against the pressure of the best team in the competition, and we needed to win that night where our season was in big trouble. So in two thousand and one against in that Broncos return game, he had not
0: played for eight weeks. Yeah. And the two thousand and five Origin two, he played nine first grade games in two years, or eighteen months, or two years, or something.
1: Exactly. Tell me any other player in the history of the game that could never have done those two performances. On that preparation.
0: Mm. You know I, I, will, I will never, I will ne- my cousin was at the 2005 um, Origin 2 which he always says to me because I always say to him I said well that's that, you, you saw his greatest performance I'll always be jealous of that and he's like well you're at the 2001 Grand Final and I'm like look I was at it and that is true but in terms of individual performances by Joey if I had to pick the two I, I probably would pick um, Origin 2, I'd obviously pick the grand final first anyway, you know, being a Knights fan. But I will t- I'll just never forget how nervous I was for that Origin 2 game. You know, I was, I was up at the Duke of Wellington, I was sitting there, I was watching a big screen, and I was just thinking to myself, this could go horribly wrong. Like that's, that's and, and I thought he was untouchable, but even I was sitting there just thinking to myself. His legacy was on the line that night. Oh, 100%. 100%. Even if he played well in a loss, that's his, that's his legacy done. Yeah. Because that series over. He couldn't get it. You know, he goes the way of Brett Camorley and who knows, you know, what sort of happened. He, he obviously doesn't play game three, how he's remembered in the game. Yeah. 100%. His legacy was on the line that night. And He's, not, just...
1: he's not a walk-up immoral if that game
0: was Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, and, and this is the other thing as well, to the, to the 80-odd comments, you know, asking me if I'm off my head. If I'm off my head as much as Andrew Johns, thinking that he's the greatest, I sort of um, that 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 game is universally referred to as well. That's one of the greatest Origin performances we've ever we've ever seen. And as great as that Origin, that Queensland team was of the you know eight-year streak and winning 11 out of 12, there was never any individual performance in any of those games that touched on what Joey did in 2005. You're right. Mate, I think that is a much more positive note to um, to end this week's
1: episode. We it up a mate. It was, it was down there for a while. We, it
0: <laughs> we did, we did. So to anybody listening to us at the end, if, if you do come across any friends who missed out on this because they switched off, tell them to in the end. Um,
1: well, tell your friends you to switch on an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. They, they can't handle the other stuff. Just switch on for the Joey chat
0: mate Brenner as always it is always a pleasure chatting uh about rugby league with you i'll let you get back to your um, your weekend and uh yeah thanks for listening everyone thanks guys